Hello everyone and welcome to episode 96 of the Theatrical Mustang Podcast. I'm your host, Katie Woodzik. This episode is an interview with Mary Hubert and three of the ensemble members of Annex's upcoming off-night devised piece called Girl. We, in addition to director Mary Hubert, we have Catherine McNell, Kiki Abba, and Amy Escobar. Girl runs August 2nd through August 17th with an industry night on August 15th. The shows are Tuesday and Wednesday at both 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. And it's a show that uses all of the spaces of Annex. I so enjoy sitting down with these ladies and talking about the rehearsal process uh, and the piece itself. So visit AnnexTheater.org to get more information about this piece. This episode is sponsored by Queer Pride on Whidbey Island. This year, the third annual Queer Pride Parade Weekend will be August 12th through the 14th. There is a youth-led open mic on the Friday night, a unconference during the day on Saturday the 13th, a Saturday night soiree that evening, and then, of course, the flagship event, the would-be Queer Pride Parade on Sunday afternoon, the 14th. My last day in the Pacific Northwest, y'all. It's an exciting time. All right, please enjoy episode 96 with Mary Huber, Catherine McNell, Kiki Abba, and Amy Escobar. All right, I'm back here in the Annex Green Room, and we're here talking about the upcoming off-night production, Girl. I am joined by ensemble members Kiki Abba, Amy Escobar, Catherine Bicknell, and director Mary Hubert. Welcome to the podcast! Hi! So, Mary, (laughs) where did this show come from? So, gosh, over a year ago, um, I pitched the show to Annex as a hey, I want to make a show that, like, runs through your entire space. Um, We want to focus on women and the hero's quest and what that means as a modern woman in Seattle. And we don't have a script and we don't have any cast members and we'd like to do it. Annex was like, yeah, which is why we all love Annex. (laughs) Um, And since then, we started, I cast this way back in February and we've been, we met once a month, once a week, once a week through... March? Yeah, we started in March. April and May. And we did it March, April, and May, and we started full rehearsals in June. Um, The once a week meetings we called think tanks, and we focused on deciding what we wanted our story to be, what characters we were interested in exploring, what themes we thought was important, and also going through the stuff that the Heroes Quest structure and how it pertained to the story that we wanted to tell through Annex. Fantastic. So what in those beginning think tanks uh, and just kind of popcorn responses, everyone, what were some of the themes that sort of struck you as, as answers or, or things that folks really wanted to talk about in those earlier meetings? I mean, it was sort of, it really depended on the think tank. Um, and different people focused on different things, too. I feel like we started out with the more delving into the mythology aspect mm-hmm. of it. And... Um, eventually it became like semi it would really depend like I was doing like astrology lessons for a little (laughs) bit and like just sort of 
learned about everybody's um, astrological charts, which was really fun and interesting. So a lot of it was also just like getting to know each other and sort of figuring out who everybody was in the group. Yeah, and one thing that we did, we ended up doing is we created this kind of giant laundry list of like shit we wanted to try. That was like that we had this like huge dumping list of things and we wrote them all out on flashcards and so me and the associate director Giovanna like spent like two hours writing all these out on flashcards and we like dumped them in front of the group and we're like okay which ones do we want to keep which ones do we not want to keep so we kind of went into full rehearsals with this idea of like here are the things that we're interested in generally trying in each room because our show does move through the entirety of the annex um, and once we kind of had a couple of ideas for each space we were able to go through and be like okay what is our story about from these things and also from which steps of the hero's quest we want to explore and like which rooms correspond to each hero's quest step we ended up kind of deviating from the hero's quest entirely at certain points and so we kind of created this like structural semi-map in the think tanks yeah we also did like compositions mm -hmm. and um that, etudes. the etudes and mm -hmm. that sort of thing as a sort of a way of <clears throat> building pieces that may or may not have like actually translated into the show yeah. that we're doing. Some things have, some things haven't, but um, definitely helped lead us to where we are now. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. based on the things that people really responded to. And one other thing we did is about three think tanks and we realized that everyone liked to work in different ways. And so I split everyone up to groups of two and I was like, you like to work this way, you like to work this way. So everyone kind of like scattered which is why Amy ended up doing astrological charts at one point, and like, you know, we had like aesthetic captains, and what is our play about captain, and we kind of dissolved the meat of the show into multiple groups, so we could kind of attack it from all different angles. Yeah, it was like a team thing, so I feel like we all had kind of ownership over a small part, whether it was aesthetics, or like what the audience experience is gonna be, or things like that, which was cool. Mm -hmm. Tell me about the rest of the cast, the ensemble. So, yeah, as you mentioned, with us are Kiki, Katie, and Amy. Um, <laughs> we also have Alaji, um, Gabriella, Lauren, Aaron, and Kayla. Um, Alaji, Haley, Gabriella, Aleman, uh, Lauren Brazel, Aaron Bednars, and Kayla Walker. Um, and we call it, we're calling everyone the ensemble because everyone's a lot more than just performers on Can this. we, like, just yeah. go through and talk about everybody? Yeah. I just want to talk about, okay, so let's start with Alaji. You have to <laughs> say what their astrological sign is. I was just going to yeah. say! Yeah, I was gonna, way ahead do. of you, Katie Wolfick. <laughs> okay, so Alaji is a Scorpio. Her you have all these numbers? Her, no, it's going to be, it's going to get bad in a second. <laughs> but Alaji, just, hers Alaji's. is just fresh okay. in my brain. Okay. And her moon is uh, an Aquarius. And Alaji's chart is super interesting because she is so, she has so much water in her chart. Like, she is a water sign. Like, she's got, like, all of this water. And water is, like, the feeling part of the, there's, there's four elements. Oh, boy. There's, <laughs> there we go. there's water, fire, air, and um, earth. And water is, like, heart. It's like heart power. It's like the That's very so feeling, the very yeah. intuitive. Um, Almost uh, things so. that we traditionally think as female. Oh, absolutely. Although everyone oh, in this absolutely. Room, I'm sure has a more expanded understanding yeah. of demolishing the gender yeah. binary. It's, <laughs> that, it's the yin, <laughs> right? Like, absolutely. Like, oh. um, it's that feminine energy. I just air quoted. Mm -hmm. um, it's an audio medium. I know. It <laughs> you gotta work it out. Anyway, so she's like 
she was introduced to me as a beat poet. Yeah. And she rocks. She makes poetry and she makes me feel warm inside. And she <laughs> bought me candy after rehearsal the other day. She bought me and Aaron candy. Wow. She was like, you guys, I need a Reese's. Come in and get whatever you want. <laughs> so, that, so I'm done talking about Elaji now. Yeah. Oh, and she always has great outfits, too. Mm-hmm. And I guess someone else who also has great outfits in our ensemble is Gabriella. Oh, Gabriella. She's like the fashionista queen. Oh, she's air, right? She is, yeah, yeah. She's the one air sign in air. Yeah. In the, the entire like, ensemble? In the ensemble. Like the, Got a lot of and when I say that, I mean like the culmination of all the planets in her chart is like air. mostly air. Yeah. And that's the thinking um, element. It's the like, the brain. Mm-hmm. It's the like, um, logic sort of element. So... Um, so she has that that kind of she brings that element that nobody else really does. She's a very talented musician. Yeah. Yes. Oh my super talented gosh. musician. She can sing and like she can play like she came in angel. for her audition. She came in and she came in and she was like, so I'm a concert violinist. Yeah. But what I'd like to do instead of play my violin like a violin is actually play like a ukulele. I've never done this before, but I think I just would like to do this for you now. And I was like, she's so yeah. incredible. And it was amazing. It was. It was amazing. It was like the best thing I've ever seen. She's making life. a theremin just yeah. because she felt like it. We're going to use it in the show, probably. <laughs> yeah. Making a theremin from mm-hmm. scratch. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like, casual. It's, it's casual. She's super casual. She embroidered. And she, and she never has a bad outfit. She comes in, she's like, these are my loungewear. And I'm like, wow, I wish I looked like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's amazing. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, what? We got Lauren. To Lauren is on. Oh, yeah, Lauren, okay, the thing about Lauren is that (laughs) we we share, um, she's an Aries, and um, we share that we are the the two fire signs of the group, like, the, are you a two, Katie? I'm an Aries, too. You're an Aries, too, but I feel like you're mostly another sign throughout your, I think it's Earth, Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, but you got that fire in you, girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we're the, like, fire-dominant people. And fire is very, like, impulsive and, like, dramatic <laughs> and, um, and like, quick to, to like, act. Um, it's also very, it's a very passionate sign. Um, and so, like, those qualities are in Lauren. But she is interesting because she, her rising sign is an earth sign, yeah. and she has that she's really like, rounded yeah. presence. Mm-hmm. Lauren she, and Katie have almost exact same. Yeah, yeah, that same, that yep. same uh, duo with the, like, fire, but you have the earth on top mm-hmm. of it, so it really grounds it. And we get along, you know? Yeah. Crazy. And, <laughs> it's interesting, too, because Lauren's a burlesque performer for burlesque Lolo. name is Lolo Ramon. <laughs> Lolo Ramon. And yeah. she has this whole, like, phoenix thing she does. She has, like, this whole fire phoenix dance. God bless her heart, she did, or whatever deity, uh, she did, like, her, um, her burlesque piece for us in that TPS awful room. We were like, like, how do we make the lighting better in here? Like, turn off some of these lights. But she killed it. She absolutely killed killed it. it. Yeah. Phoenix Rising. And then, we don't, did we do Aaron and Kayla's? Because they were absent for those, for those sessions. Do you know theirs? They're, what do you? They're they're oh yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, Aaron. <laughs> uh, Aaron is. Um, so you say you don't have these memorized. You, you do. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well so far. You're doing I'm kind great. Of impressed with myself. Um, <laughs> Aaron is a Cancer, but she's like a cuspy, almost Leo, uh, and she is a Scorpio rising, which mm. is like I think 
the one of the important things about her chart is that she has that like that water that's very the Scorpios are so everyone is drawn to the Scorpios mm-hmm. like you have very strong feelings about them immediately and like it's one of the things I say is that those people people like Aaron Aaron has undeniable charisma oh for sure I like when I was that, Bednar's, that yeah. like that magnetic yeah. that yeah. magnetic quality that's very Scorpio rising yeah um, and she just has her <laughs> fingers in every theater pop around town too in that way she's like yeah. she's she's been gone because she's like she is so she directed the show I show an act and she's like part of 18 million things she's just also great. It. I feel yeah. like everybody's got great style though like I just like can't even, I'm like oh and she she has a great wardrobe too I'm like as the costume designer I was just like basically like spying on everybody's outfits every time they wore something and just like Noted. this person wore this today and it looked great <laughs> um but yeah, Aaron's closet is awesome, and there's a lot of pieces in this very room that will probably be in the show, just because I was like, so I need this, this, and this. Who has it? And Aaron was like, I have eight of those, and brought like a bunch <laughs> of stuff in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aaron's awesome. Yeah. I love her. And then we have Kayla, of course, who's also not here. But Yeah, Kayla. Did I? Oh, what is Kayla is... Oh, let's see. This is where I'm in trouble, because I don't remember. I don't remember. Maybe I'll maybe I'll think of it. Well, Kayla's mm. rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and she's like she's super great because she's been doing Hamlet with Wood and No. Um, so she's been missing. She misses a bunch of rehearsal, um, but she came in and we worked on her her whole arc and like nail like, hammered it out like two hours the other night. She just came in. She's like, "This is what I'm doing with the show. This is exactly what I want to be doing." And here we go. I was like, "Great, perfect. See you, tech." Okay, <laughs> <laughs> bye. So instead of playing Mary, would you say instead of playing? characters what are, are are the ensemble members bringing out different have you pulled out different parts of themselves what That's speaking of question. people's arcs what might a char- what might an ensemble members arc look like so we actually we've been playing with this idea that each um, actor slash character because they're a little bit intertwined at this point has a central problem that they're facing that they have to get through in the course of the show so what we did is we talked about it as pertains to each person I was really interested in the actors or the ensemble exploring um, problems that they felt like actually corresponded to who they were Um, because I think that part of the reason why I want to do this show is actually exploring people's lives in real life that then transfer into theater land but so each so each of the ensemble members has the central problem that they kind of have to tackle as they get ready for this mysterious party that they've been invited to at the beginning of the show and the audience is kind of following them as they tackle this problem in the face of trying to get ready for this party um and as they explore this problem they kind of delve deeper into the land of metaphor and heightened aspects of what this problem is doing to them that they can that they then have to overcome to get to the end fascinating so as an audience member, sense. what it does absolutely. Cool. So as an audience member, uh, I, I walk up the stairs of Annex. Um, what happens next? These two times a night, August second through August seventeenth. Well, we don't want to give away everything. Not too much, okay. But um, well, you'll be led up the stairs. You'll have to go into the lounge in a slightly different path than you would ordinarily take. Um, you'll have to get some instructions from some of the women. You'll the doors of the lounge will open and you'll be set free to roam throughout Annex. Um, and each of the ensemble members will be your guide and you will bear witness to their own 
quest to get to this mysterious party at the end of the show. And what happens there? Who knows? Nobody knows. Well, what's nice is that so much is happening all at the same time, right? Scenes will be overlapping that, like, there's really no possibility, I think, for you to, like, go to the 7 o'clock and then want to come back for the 9 o'clock and see the exact same thing. You just wouldn't. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of our scenes are also kind of loosely written, so there's play involved. Um, we're still expanding the idea of, like, how to potentially get the audience involved more. So it, it's, I think it's definitely going to be a show that would behoove an audience member to come more than once. Yeah, it's impossible um, to see everything if you come once. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome, Brett Love. <laughs> I know you're listening, but <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that was I'm just wondering if each of the ensemble members can talk a little bit about um, sort of comparing and contrasting working with scripted text versus uh, being in development uh, over the course of this six-month-long process. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's it's really fascinating. I mean, um, Mary was really great about uh, giving us prompts and things to be working on and, uh, you know, like homework assignments during March, April, and May. Uh, so we would have to come up with something that we wanted to share with the group, and then we would all have these fascinating conversations. Um, again, like Mary talking about, we all were identifying like problems that we face as women, and that related to the hero's journey and that heroes have all these trials, right? These, these things that they have to come up against and how do they combat them? Um, and so it was a lot of uh, sharing. And so, I mean, I think that that's like everyone's favorite part about <laughs> making a piece of art is that there's like therapy just like built into the structure <laughs> right. of making it. Right. And it really bonded us as a group uh, in a way that sometimes working on scripted work, you don't, you aren't afforded that time to just sit down and be like, so fifth grade was hard, <laughs> you know? Um, so that was the part that I was really drawn to was really just getting to know everyone and what they were willing to share and offer. Well, and with, uh, with us being so involved in writing our work and, and, and being involved in like really making what we're doing, I know that like the last time I went with Olaji, our biggest thing was just like what feels really relevant to us right now in this room at this moment, like for real. So it feels really immediately relevant just because it, it is for us, mm. I think. Yeah, and typically, I don't know, at least for me, I feel in a scripted play, when you have a part and it's given, it, if there's less care taken of the entire world or of the piece as a whole. And so I personally love devised work just because you get to have your fingers in so many pots and feel really connected to every piece of it. I think, I don't know, makes it like a more um, invested experience. Would you, say, would you say to get all more connected to each other and the work than one might be with, I don't know, say, you're doing the Shakespeare now, go have fun. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think Just because so. we're all so deep in it like <laughs> like yeah. there's there like because we have to be so involved in its creation we can't really just like go home and learn our own part like you have to know like what's going on with everybody in order to move forward really so I yeah I definitely think so it's very ensemble well, and just like with any rehearsal process, right, there are some nights where we get a lot done and we're feeling so good and we're like, man, these scenes are popping. And then other nights where, like, we just keep combating the same questions or the same problem spots and we can't solve them yet. The, the, the answer is not illuminated itself. So what's nice, though, is that, like, with this ensemble, like, we've just created this, like, really safe 
place where people can share and like a good group of people and we all just like really love and like respect each other so it's actually like really fun that like the people involved are like not at all a problem the problem is us like pushing ourselves uh to be more creative and to problem solve because device work is hard Man, it really is. I'm glad <laughs> you brought that up. It's hard. It's hard. Nice work is hard. It's not easy. It's, it's not hard. always cupcakes and rainbows. No. And it's interesting watching everyone in the ensemble with this because I feel like as a director, when I direct scripted work, usually I'm the one like I'm like. It's two and a half weeks of tech, okay, like this is my baby, like we have to figure out these problems that ha we have left, and it, now it's like everybody doing it. So like I've kind of like committed everyone to that same, like like tearing your hair out, but it's cool because everyone's so invested in the thing that we've all like collectively birthed, not to use so much lady imagery, um, <laughs> that it's like, it's neat to watch everyone kind of be like, wow, we all created this and like we have to solve these problems together instead of like, Wow, I'm the director and I'm solving these problems and these people are acting and it's great. So it's that's a n neat shift, I think. When you were casting, when you're I should say, when you're building the ensemble, what qualities were you looking for out of performers? Because um, I'm sure with any audition, Seattle especially calls for female identifying actors. I'm sure you had a flood of I submission. Did. I did. Um couple things. Um a uh, willingness to play is really important when you're casting for device work. And so, like, one thing I noticed is for my initial audition, I had people write a fairy tale about a moment of their life. So I was interested in, like, seeing how people could convert their own personal stories into, like, an adventure or into an imaginative piece. And if people really struggled with that, that was worrisome. Another thing I asked was if someone has a weird talent that they want to share, please share it. And, like, you can tell really fast if people are really excited about showing some weird thing that they haven't totally prepped or like, oh, I don't know, I really want this to be perfect before I put it out, which was a was a good kind of um, <laughs> immediate <laughs> yeah, gauging of who was fit to create something that wouldn't necessarily be perfect and in fact will not be. Um, and then at callbacks, what was super interesting to watch is I had everyone do compositions. That was the bulk of callbacks. I had everyone do a 45-minute viewpoints exercise um, and then I sent everyone off into the Freehold Theater, poor other people who were working there. I was like, make site-specific compositions at Freehold. And some people, like I had two people come up to me at callbacks and they're like, this isn't for me, thank you so much for inviting me, but I need to go home. And I was like, great. So it was, it was cool to watch, it was really helpful to watch who actually had fun doing it and who was willing to be like, okay, I made a thing in 45 minutes, I'm gonna put it out there without apology, even if it's not perfect, and I had a blast doing it. Um, and I, that was very, very helpful as well in choosing. Why do you think that performers have, some performers have trepidation about devised work? And I mean, that's, that's a really good question. Why don't we start with you, Mary, but then maybe kick it out to the whole group? Yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll limit my answer. Um, <laughs> devised work's fucking hard. It's a big thing. I also think that as female performers, or female identified performers, we're taught to be perfect. And I think that devised work flies in the face of perfection because you're saying, this is something that I just wrote. I'm not a writer, but I, um, I'm going to show it to you now. And I only had, I didn't have enough time to do it. And it's maybe not the best cast and the script is kind of done, but here it is. Um, and I think that that is something that as women and as artists, we're taught not to do. And so I think it, it's kind of a direct rebellion against what most people's training is. It's just a lot. I think I think to be a member of the ensemble is just to wear a lot of hats at once, right? This is also a very long process, right? 
to to be working with the same group of people from March to August is just it's a very big commitment, um, and that's just not for everybody. And like you, you just we we have to be in a room with people that like absolutely want to be there. Um, otherwise, it just won't work. You know. Do you think it has something to do with? Exp- I don't know. I'm just like the word is coming up right now for me is ego. It's sort of like, well, I acted. I became an actress because I wanted to play Juliet, and forever <laughs> and always, it's Juliet. And so to be given the power to collaborate and to create the work, it seems. I think it goes back to what you were saying there about being foreign. But it, it's sort of you have to lose yourself but then expose yourself at the same time? Am I making any sense? Yeah. Amy Escobar, yes. jump in here. <laughs> I mean, You're okay. looking at me in a knowing way. Wait, okay, would you, what was the question again? <laughs> no, no. Oh no! Um, so, that balance of sort of losing your it's hard, man. Yeah, like letting go of ego. Yeah, it's hard. Ego. For sure. Yeah. Jump in if you want yeah. to. Yeah, so there, I think uh, part of that losing of ego is kind of goes back to what Mary's saying about like the fear to be perfect, but there's this sense of just like, I'll try it, and then being okay with failing miserably often, or, and uh, so like not being so protective of either your ideas or whatever thing you what wanted you to look like. Yeah, or what thing you wanted to put out there, and being okay to be like, well, that was bad but i've learned something and being but i made it yeah exactly and being proud of the the process over the product i think and yeah i actually have an have an interesting time of like both both sides of those like having to like let go of your own ego is like one thing but to to do that so much that you forget yourself is also another danger of devised work. See, the airplane is Sorry. like underscoring Yonder. what you're fucking saying. I, was like, you're, I thought it was the fridge. I was it's like, like bolding my words. Yeah. <laughs> um, but but that's the other like it's hard. You it's so many balancing acts, and that's just another one of them. Is that like sense of self is to to retain your sense of self but also not so hard that you can't see the whole group. It's really difficult to do. And I think that everybody succeeds and fails and does it and doesn't, like at different points in the process, just because we're all human. Um, But that's the sort of thing that makes me want to do this kind of work. Like I think everybody that is involved in this process had to decide I mean everyone had to decide that they were going to do that to to be involved in a process with a lot of uncertainty um, people that you may or may not already know um, it, it takes a certain kind of person to to be like I don't know but okay um, and I think there's that's one of the main things at least for my own journey and deciding to do this I was like whoo that's a long commitment and I have no idea what's gonna like what's gonna come of it but that's also why I want to do it is because I don't know what's gonna come of it like if you show me Romeo and Juliet I know what happens in that play and I know what parts I could have and in this sort of scenario anything is possible which is terrifying but also amazing Um, And especially as a designer, that's exciting, too. Like, I don't really do costume design very much anymore just because I don't find it as fulfilling as 
has a lot of other things. But I was like, yeah, I'll do it for this show because I can possibly do whatever I want. And, <laughs> and I get to dress a bunch of women, which is what I love doing. Um, so it's like those sorts of, those sorts of things that it's, it e- either draws you in or it pushes you away. Here we all are. And, and I think that one thing I would do want to say is for the people that did draw in, like, this is the most hardworking ensemble that I've ever worked with. Like, I, we were talking earlier in the lounge. I was like, everyone cares a little too much. And I think it's, like, amazing. Because, like, like I'm getting, like, texts at 1130 being like, so about the ending. Like, I'm having this idea. And, like, you know, like, I released three of the ladies from our rehearsal yesterday. And they all go sit in a bar and talk more about the show. And I'm like, stop working. <laughs> Don't stop. And, like, that's what, I think that's another thing that really, like, people came into this process who were down to work, which is amazing. Yeah. That's cool. So as a director, how do you capitalize on that work ethic, but at the same time create a safe space? Oh. Um, one thing that I've tried very hard to do is to hear everybody and balance everyone's needs. And I think that that is, maybe sounds like a cop-out answer, but I think that kind of is at the heart of managing an advice team because I really, like, I, I'm called the director. I like to think of myself more as the editor. Because everyone comes into this process with so much at stake and so many ideas and so many commitments to this and the things that they want to explore, the things they want the piece to be. And I am, I feel like I'm there to hear all of that and to, yes, guide and have my own ultimate vision of what I want the piece to be, but more create a space where everyone feels like they could be heard, but then also they feel like someone's at the bottom to kind of consolidate and shape and have an eye on like, okay, you're writing this scene about a bathroom and you're writing this scene about... Um, making a bunch of lean cuisines, um, how does that all fit within the umbrella of the show? And so part of creating the container, I think, is knowing what our world is, making sure everyone is heard and feels valued, and then putting all of their work into the container that we have set for ourselves. For the record, Mary was just making some amazing hand gestures. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Thank you. Most of my communication is, it's also hand gestures, the director and writer. Missing that, bringing it yeah. to our listeners' attention. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just sort of go go around, uh, starting with you, Kiki, uh, to put you on the spot, and just, <clears throat> just top of mind, like, a really enjoyable moment from rehearsal, like a jewel. You know in those, in rehearsals, you have those jewels of moments when you're just like, Yes, aha, or laughing so hard, or crying, or whatever. Uh, but I would just like to hear some of your rehearsal jewel stories. Totally. Um, so my favorite one actually came last night. Uh, I was in. I'm in a scene with Gabriella, and we had only been doing it on its uh, feet, like maybe like once or twice. Uh, but last night we actually had the props, and the props are a huge part of what we're doing. So once we started having the physical barriers. Uh, actually in the room and present, we we just got to play and we found out, I think even more so that we've got a very interesting um, rapport with each other and that like it's going to be, I'm just really excited that I get to be in a scene with her every night. It's going to be really fun. So I'm excited that that is as much fun as we anticipated it being. The end. The end. Uh, favorite rehearsal moment? Um, I have one if you don't know. Oh so my god, please go. Really concerned. You're going to take mine. So. <laughs> <laughs> go first. You got to go. You gotta and then go. I'll just be stuck. Perfectly <laughs> self-preservation. It's yeah. not yeah, unanimous. You know, I'm doing this for you. I mean. Oh, thank god. Thank god. Um, no, uh, it, it's kind of a rolling thing, but we did it last week. We're incorporating 
incorporating a lot of music into the show. Thank you, Gabriella. Um, and we have been just working on creating a vocal piece, and so it's just kind of like a lot of improvising. Um, and that sometimes it doesn't work at all. Sometimes it works amazing, and it's the sense of like we're doing it. Um, so those moments are really cool. You're totally right. That might be my favorite too. Actually, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad I went like first. honestly, one of the things in, in this process that I was like, here's what's important to me. I want to sing with everybody, and I want to dance with everybody. Like those are the things that are really exciting to me. Is that that very very simple basic sense of of like community and ritual and bonding through our like bodies and our voices. That's the sort of thing that to me is magic. So I would, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. That or just like all the horchata. Yeah. Just a lot of horchata. I mean, we're so close to Rancho Bravo that there's, I have a, I also have a mouth problem. Yeah. Mary has a problem. And (laughs) I also, I also watched you down 32 ounces of coffee one day. I'm a 32 ouncer. I don't know. 30 (laughs) ounces of horchata, 30 ounces of coffee. It's crazy. (laughs) I can finish both in under an hour. It's amazing. It's really good though. It's a talent of mine. Tamales too. Yeah. Tamales. Yeah. Yeah. Food, dancing, song. Uh, <laughs> Mary, do you have a favorite rehearsal moment you want to... I know it's a little bit more dangerous oh. for the director to have I, a favorite moment. I think I, can I do two? Can I have two? Can I have yes, two? please. Have one three of mine if you want to. One of mine isn't a moment, but just a, a, an atmosphere that we get. I think it's because we all like each other. Speaking now of our culture piece. Um, but, like, we get into these spots in rehearsals where we, like, won't be figuring out, or we will be figuring out, and then someone will just start laughing. And we get into these, like, laugh attack moments where we're just, like just destroying any work that we're doing of course but absolutely just being utter goobers and then like the stage manager from Tara and Cagnino will come down and be like you guys need to be quiet (laughs) and I'm like sorry and it feels like sleepovers and it feels like like band camp and like all these like nice little girl things that's (laughs) that's a general vibe but then also when we ran the beginning for the first time and it was like the first. It was like the first time we'd been in the space without the main stage show in there, and we were like trying stuff. And then, like, I'm not gonna give anything away, but Amy like sticks her hand up, like, like this like weird like puppetry <laughs> thing, onto a window, onto a window to clarify. Um, and I just had this moment of like, oh, this show's gonna be pretty cool. Like, okay, we've done a lot of talking, but now we have an image, and it's really really cool. And maybe this show's gonna be awesome. That was mine. Heck yeah, it's gonna be awesome. Uh, what? I'm just really interested to hear from y'all. Uh, what has been sort of your pet peeve challenge over your career being a female identifying artist? And have you been able to confront that or wrestle with that through the process of this show? Ooh. Dun dun dun! Yeah. I got mine. Okay. Bam. Do it. (laughs) Um, As a female director under 30, um, if I am too nice in the rehearsal room, I don't have a clear vision. And if I am too direct in my vision, I am a bitch. And that is is the biggest problem with being a female director. Um, I think that in my career, I've gotten a lot of flack for going too far in the direction of this is my vision. and this process was actually partially a search for me to create a safe space for all of my actors. Um, I'm still wrestling with it. I think that it will probably also get better as I get older. And that's a, that's a shitty reality. <laughs> but I think that um, that walking that tightrope between knowing what I want to see on stage, but then also making sure that 
I package it in a way that everyone feels comfortable with is a thing. Yeah. Absolutely. That's why. Next. Hmm. For me, I want to play a villain so bad, but <laughs> the parts that are available to me based on the way that I look, I'm not very intimidating, it turns <laughs> out. Um, uh, I mean, I don't look very intimidating. What, what we traditionally think of mm-hmm. as intimidating. Yeah. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so all a lot of the parts that I get called in for, I read for, I'm like not as excited as an artist or, you know, and I think that would be my biggest problem. And then during this process, have you gotten to try on your intimidating wings and claws and whatnot? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think I've had the freedom to explore all of those areas and see which works and, you know, which I could use like a little practice in, but, (laughs) but it's good. Yeah. It's been, it's been nice to be able to create the role that I want to play as opposed to being forced to play something that I'm not as interested in. Mm. Mine is not so much a pet peeve, but just that, like, I opt out of, like, going out for musicals because I am not someone that has been trained in singing or in dancing, so I don't think that my level of uh, artistry or that the quality of what I'm doing is up to snuff. But to be able to come into a space and be like, okay, so I'm at this level of singing and this level of dancing, and I just really enjoy it, let's justify it some way, is very fun and very playful. So I'm like, I'm I'm excited that we get to do those kinds of things that are like outside of what you would normally see me doing, because I'm not that great at it. But please know, I'm having a ball. Like, <laughs> just FYI. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let me see. Well, mine, I I feel like mine is interesting and also sort of similar to Katie's in that, like, the things that I am usually called in for. I, I think there's a lot of um, assumptions about, like, my identity. I get a, a lot of the, like, what are you? A lot of, like, people assume I speak Spanish because my last name is Escobar, so I get called in for a lot of the, the, that sort of thing. Um, and so I feel like I, what I usually, it's not so much a pet peeve, but I, I have this like feeling that, that the way that my body looks and that my name is, um, my actual person ends up being a disappointment based on this like expectation that just because of my presentation, um, as a, as a woman of Hispanic, like origin, you know, like I, I have that. And so coming into a process like this, that doesn't matter at all. It's just like, what do you bring to the table? What do you want to do? And how do you want to do it? And so that's sort of just like, you don't have to wear all of those labels unless you want to, unless you want to like explore what those are and what that means. And so that like that, those, those identifiers, uh, you, I find that I've been able to like either either make the choice to acknowledge and explore or not or just be like I am Amy and this is who I am as a person and this is what I think just based on what comes into my brain or my you know out of my my gut my butt <laughs> and then her hand goes up and <laughs> Podcast or not, my fucking <laughs> yeah. cool. So as we sort of uh, we we wrap down, we wrap down, we wrap up, or wind down, <laughs> but down. not those two things together. 
uh, our time together. I, I would like to go around the circle this way, and if you had to describe the show in one word to someone to get Ooh. them psyched and enthusiastic about this production, which word would you use? Compelling is the word that I would use. Mm. I think that the audience will be, one, it's a compelling show, and they will be compelled to do things along with the actors. Ha! Mm. Mm. Adventure. I think we've gone to and from the quest idea, to and from the party idea, to and from everyone's individual journeys, but the audience is definitely going to go on an adventure. I'm going to choose beautiful. I think there are just going to be things that are beautiful. At least for me. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to choose the word heart. I think that no matter what story, like whoever you follow, whatever rooms you find yourself in, that you will see that like great care and attention was put into telling a story from people that were very open-hearted in their sharing and their perspectives. Um, there's this like <laughs> moment happening yeah. around the table right now. So folks, if you want to see a beautiful, compelling adventure with a lot of heart, you're going to want to check out Girl at... Annex Theater. It runs August 2nd through the 17th on Tuesdays and Wednesdays at both 7 and 9 p.m. August 15th is the Industry Night, so come and check that out. Everyone, thank you for being here and talking about We love you, Katie. We love you. Congrats.